You are now listening to the Film Frequency Podcast, hosted by your professionally unprofessional film critics, the Film Bros. Oh, bro, so we are here to review something that is near and dear to your heart, and honestly... I'm not going to bury the lead. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But before we get into the review for this week, which we're doing a Bollywood movie uh, that JB has been wanting me to watch for a while, we got to get into some news. And we really only have one piece of news uh, that I really want to focus on and talk about because knowing me and you will probably go into speculating and all types of shit with this. But Warner Brothers has announced that their whole 2021 film slate will be going to HBO Max same date is released in theaters, so it still is coming to, te- to theaters technically. But with not, we don't know when all the movie theaters are opening back up. Hell, uh, Tenet is just now getting a release in the state of California in theaters. So, you know, that that's semi-news. But um, what do you think that this means, bro? So this is Suicide Squad, the Matrix reboot, which is probably the huge. biggest. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, Dune, which is a movie a lot of people are looking forward to. Uh Wonder Woman sequel, which people are looking forward Huge. to, Suicide Squad, which is done by James Gunn, the same guy who did uh, Gardens of the Galaxy. So even though the first one wasn't huge, people are really looking forward to his take on this one. What do you think about this, bro? This is crazy news because this is Warner Brothers basically putting their flag in the in the sand saying, we're going to chill here for a minute. And what's going to be interesting is to see how the other big studios react because mm-hmm. if they're all like, yeah, we're doing this too, I mean, it was only a couple episodes we were talking about, is there a chance that movie theaters could die? And if all these other studios sort of do the same thing and say, hey, we're going this route at least for the next year or two, mm-hmm. we could the movie theaters could find themselves in a lot of trouble because you, you just mentioned some big titles there, man. Wonder Woman, people are looking forward to. Uh, Matrix is the biggest one there. Obviously, everyone everyone's wanting to see that. So this could be a really huge thing. It, it really depends on where everybody else is going to take it. Are the other studios going to be following in the same direction? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it is, bro. I mean, when you look at the deals that Universal's already made with a lot of theaters, now Warner Brothers doing this, uh, which is interesting that, you know, they're saying they're going to release um, at the same time as theaters, which means that while Universal's been getting a lot of focus with deals for theaters and streaming, uh, Warner Brothers was behind the scenes making deals too. Disney, uh, it, it's all but been basically confirmed that black widow is going to be coming to disney plus first um so you know all these major studios bro i I think covid has finally woken people up and the thing is is that with the current structure right now i mean you've talked about this right with the budgets all still being the same they're going to lose money on this i think the thing is this down the road six months a year from now when they're when they're are, are the budgets of these movies going to be reflected of them so that streaming is still profitable to them and if that if they find out the magic ground between if they can work out the blumhouse formula for these made for these major studios bro it's over for theaters and by that i mean like like we look at them now theaters are never going to go completely away right but there's a chance that they'll become like this boutique thing well we can't see that we don't even know I, if you would have said, you know, 15 years ago, Blockbuster's never going to go away, right? I'd be like, hell no, they're not going anywhere. So who knows? But here's what I, here's the thing I, I, that we're forgetting. Mm-hmm. Or not that we're forgetting, but I'm really interested to know. I really would love to see, kind of peel behind the curtain and see what's the deal that they make with movie theaters versus a deal they make with like HBO Max or anything. Because here's where my head's at, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say they go through the movie theater. They got to spend a 
shit ton of money on budget on marketing. Mm-hmm. Now, if they go through Netflix, for example, just using Netflix as an example, Netflix probably is sharing or maybe funding that whole cost of marketing because you're on their platform. So they're benefiting off of this. So now um, Netflix is probably taking the bulk of the marketing costs, if not 100% of it. What that leads to is maybe they're, you're now saving money by making this, or if you're, you still have the good budget, now you can put that budget into the film. Now you've, you've gotten rid of your marketing costs, maybe not hundred percent, but a large portion of it and put it back into the movie or save it all together. But I just don't know what the deal is. Well, what do you think? a lot of these aren't streaming. And Netflix is a completely obese, right? So this is streaming HBO right. max, which is owned, just by, example, yeah. which, which is owned by Warner brothers. So to, to okay. nail your point home, they own this, so they can advertise as much as they fucking want on HBO Max, and it not be For free. Technically, exactly. So, um, and then even with that, like, I, I would, I would think, and I've always thought this is that marketing deals. At some point, you have to think that how much do you really have to spend on marketing with the new? Like, I, I get it that there's still a base that, that you need to put it on the Super Bowl, for example. You need to have it on during Monday Night Football, so to say, but. Why I don't understand why most of these companies haven't gone to focusing their marketing online. Like you have to think like like Warner Brothers creating a YouTube channel and posting all their trailers there, people are gonna flock to it. So can you cut out marketing by doing that type of thing? And again, I'm I'm this is just me spitballing. I'm not by any means that well versed in the business side of this these type of things. But like when you when marketing budgets sometimes were like half of what the budget costs for the movie in some cases, you have to think that that may start going down here shortly. Yeah, and I love that idea. Like I don't regardless of what sort of movie it is, everybody should be aiming to to online. Um, what what was the biggest thing that just happened a month ago? the u.s presidential election i cannot remember an election and i've been around for many elections i'm 37 years old so that's about what nine elections i've been around mm-hmm. i can't remember any election so heavily promoted on the internet ads on facebook on websites on youtube videos mm-hmm. everything heavily heavily so movies need to go in that same direction and, and don't get me wrong some movies do do that because you know you'll watch a youtube video and you'll see a trailer come out for a particular movie so some do but then there are also a lot of movies that don't and i would assume to pay for 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 ad space on the internet is probably a nominal cost versus like television time or like fucking super bowl or, or one of those things mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean that definitely probably plays a part into it it's it, this this the whole when you look at it right the whole way that films are not only consumed but promoted marketed fucking shot budgeted could change just because of this this pandemic that we were in bro 2020 could seriously the longest lasting effect outside of like of course the trauma and people getting over the 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 stigma of going out and being mass free whenever we get to a point of that um movie theaters could be done for change forever bro the one thing that I keep thinking about is I'm pretty sure Jason Blumhouse is sitting somewhere laughing, giving zero fucks about <laughs> any of this. Like, like, life has not changed for me making, one bit. <laughs> not even one second. I'm going to continue making my $5 million movies and making $10 million off of yeah. them. And y'all can do whatever y'all need to do. It's fucking crazy, bro. And it's gonna it's just going to continue that way. Do you think... It's a um, smart... So The Matrix was announced... They did the right thing, right? They announced it as one movie rather than doing a whole new trilogy. But I think it was said that you know, with the new cast that they have, uh, that they do hope to do sequels. Do you think that this can hurt the chance of that movie getting a sequel 
just because that the return is probably not going to be there in the number that they were hoping for at first. I don't think it's going to hurt the sequel, but um, or, or or any any movie for that matter. I think they're going to just continue to churn out. We might get movies even at a faster rate than ever before, just to make up that loss that lost income, uh, lost revenue. But here's something I wanted to ask you though: Do you think because of all this, we lose quality? I'm not saying they're going to turn from they're going to what was once a, a eight might be a five now, mm-hmm. but even a little bit because they know they can't make that you know billion dollar uh, mark. Are they going to pull back? I honestly think, bro, this is and this is just my opinion that the quality, at least initially. So I think the quality of the movies we're going to get coming in 2021 to at least the end of the year are going to be of the most quality. And here's why the writers, the writers have had extra time to work out any script issues. Right. They've had time to probably because some of these movies were probably written before they were hoping to be shot by now like i'm saying i'm talking about not movies that are already finished but movies that are going to be going into production that are in production currently you got to think somebody like i'm trying to think what's something that's still filming off the top of my head i can't remember can't think but let's just say for example let's say the matrix i'll just use the matrix for this example even though it's already shot let's say that they wrote this movie right they got to shoot a little bit of it then they had that long break where everything in hollywood shut down the writer probably, I, I would think that the writers and directors, are, they can still be in communication. Like, hey, you know what? With this break, I was going over Act 3. I think we can tighten up Act 3 by doing this and this. What do you think? All right, let's run that for by sure. Keanu. So I think that this is this is got, is got it's probably going to in, increase the quality for a while. But then if the, the, um, the production companies start saying, all right, well, we need to start cranking up. Movie theaters open back up. We need to crank up so we can make our money back. That's when the quality will start getting bad again. Because they're just trying to churn them out. Exactly. I got you. Great point. Great point. Yeah. But all right, bro, that is it on the news. I just really wanted to talk about that. I knew we were probably going to spend a little bit of time on that, but we are going to get into a break, right? We're going to play a trailer for the movie that we'll be reviewing. And then after that, JB is actually going to take over the hosting duties for this one. And we'll be right back after this. कहते हैं जब रिश्तों पर मौसम का रंग चढ़ता है तो वो और भी मजबूत हो जाते हैं पर कुछ रिश्ते दबी पांव आकर मौसम पर भी अपना रंग छोड़ जाते हैं हंसो मुस्कुराओ आज के लिए जियो क्या पता कल हो ना हो Right, so as CJ says, if he did his job right, you would have heard the trailer to the movie that we'll be uh, reviewing tonight, and that is Kalahona Ho, uh, loosely translated as uh, Tomorrow May Not Be, is uh, what Kalahona Ho uh, means. So this is a Bollywood movie, and me and C, you know, CEO Hayes has talked a lot about Bollywood movies. He's never watched one. So more than anything, I'm really hyped to hear a non-Indian person's take on a Bollywood movie because I've read IMDb reviews and YouTube reviews and and stuff like that, but never anyone that I know personally. So I can't wait to hear really all of his thoughts. And we're going to go through the movie, obviously spoilers. I strongly recommend though, if you want to give Bollywood movies a chance and you want to give this movie a chance, do yourself a favor and watch the movie first, pause this, 
watch the movie. It's available on Netflix currently at the time of this recording. Um, you can probably purchase it on um, some other platforms as well. But watch the movie first, then come back and listen to this because there are, are a lot of different spoilers. And this is one of those movies you don't want to be spoiled. You want to you you want to feel the emotion. And I guess that's one thing I really love about Balu movies is there's so much emotions. So the first thing I want to ask you is. You've never seen a Bollywood movie. What was your thought coming into this? And I'd say, well, is Slumdog Millionaire considered a Bollywood movie? Yes. Okay, so that's the only Bollywood movie I've ever seen in my life outside of this. And that didn't have, like, I did have some music and stuff, but nothing like this. This is my first time ingrained in it. And Slumdog Millionaire became, like, a huge thing, so I had to see that. But this is my first time uh, seeing a Bollywood movie and really engaging in it. Bro, what I can say here, right? First of all, fuck you for watching me make a three hour long, watch a three hour long movie. Three hours and seven minutes. <laughs> but without bro, credits, I can honestly, even though I had to watch it in sittings in, in different sittings, just because I had, I have kids, I have stuff going on. I could have easily sat through and watched this movie all in three hours because the, the way that they conveyed the story, right? The passion that was in it, like you feel the love between these three main characters, like and we'll we'll get into it, bro. But like overall, because let me answer your question. Your question was, how did I feel about it? These fucking songs are stuck in my head. <laughs> I fucking damn near cried at the end of this movie. I felt everything, bro. This was a great experience, bro. Yeah, and I, you know, I was really nervous on picking this one because, it, it, you know, I would, I would, I would say the genre of this. Would you say romantic comedy drama? Do you think that's that's about right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, or I think, drama. Romant, I think romant, romantic comedies have drama. I, even though they're called romantic comedies, most of them have some a couple of scenes of drama anyway. That's how you can you convey the love. But yeah, this romantic comedy drama, if you're going to go that way, right, I agree with it. Okay, so I didn't know how you would take this because me and you have never really reviewed really rom-coms and stuff like that before. So I didn't even know if you would be, number one, into rom-coms. Number two... It's a foreign movie, and I know you're not the biggest fan necessarily of subtitles. Mm -hmm. And um, another thing that I was terrified of is you, you don't know the culture. So obviously, like, okay, you might not, you might be wondering on a lot of things. And I was always tempted to say, hey, if you see this, this is what it means. If you see this, this is what it means. But I, I didn't do that. I just wanted you to experience it as, as it was. So but we're going to go into the whole thing and chop it up and everything. And you kind of gave your feelings. So what I want to do now is kind of – just go through a couple of the characters just like we usually do and do kind of a cast analysis. And the first one I want to talk is, is um, who's really sort of known as the king of Bollywood. And that's Shah Rukh Khan, who in this movie plays uh, Aman Mathur. Um, he's in, in his, what became known as like a typical Shah Rukh Khan role mm. where he's this sort of character. He's been in, I don't know, maybe 80 to 100 movies, if not more. You have to check his filmography. Yeah. they And that's another thing. They churn out Bollywood movies like crazy. A, a shit ton of Bollywood movies come out every single year. Um, but he's made a ton of movies, and he's done this sort of role, this romantic comedy type of role, for years upon years. A, a small known fact that a lot of people don't know who've only got into him around this time of, of era and beyond is – when he originally started, he was in a lot of villain roles, like really, like if you see this movie and you see him in some of the villain roles, you'll be like, what? Like really bad. And, and a lot of people say those are some of his best roles. So um, 
my first question to you is, what did you think overall of uh, his name is Shahrukh Khan in the movies Aman? He goes by SRK. Um, what do you think about him altogether in terms of acting him in the movie and everything? I, I so there were some parts that, and this is just I'm not trying to critique. I'm not a fucking actor, right? No, no, no. Um, that it did come off a little cheesy, but I think that that was the character, right? So I think the character himself that he was portraying was a cheesy guy. So the role came off as cheesy sometimes. That was the thing. But overall, like, I love how there's a scene that he's in the hospital and the nurse is looking at his results, but they doesn't say anything. And he looks, but he kind of, he smiles it away. And I feel like like those are the type, the, the unsaid acting, right? The, act, the acting that you convey an emotion without needing to say it has always been the best type of acting to me. And that one scene to me was like, he conveyed so much in literally five seconds of facial reactions that, yeah, he's he's great. Like I said, cheesy, but I think the character was meant to come off as cheesy, so great. Yeah, and what I'd have to say about, about his acting skills, the reason why Tom Hanks is my favorite Hollywood actor mm-hmm. is literally the same reason why Shah Rukh Khan is my favorite Bollywood actor. They can do exactly what you just said. They can just do a facial scene or a simple movement of the hands and – tell such such a big story and any actor that they they can convey their emotions onto me and make me react based on what's good they're going through i'm a big fan of and tom hanks nobody in hollywood can do it like tom hanks for me and no one can do it like uh shahrukh khan in bali for leonardo? me so. you don't think leonardo could do it as good as tom L- leonardo is my second favorite okay. actor for those who don't know it's number one is is hanks number two is leonardo DiCaprio. number three is denzel right. but you know mine is Le- leonardo i think leonardo's Le- the best actor of a of a generation so he, he's trust me he's it's like it's probably maybe even 1a 1b but tom hanks has i don't think i've ever seen a tom hanks movie that's been bad or at least he's been bad in it okay. so um yeah so with, with with srk um just to also talk a little bit about him because a lot of people might hear us talking about shahrukh khan and like okay just some indian dude cool let's but here's what you don't know that shahrukh khan was once like dirt poor Grew up in a in a uh, town of called Delhi, and was nothing. He came to um, you know try to make it in Bollywood. He did uh, something that a lot of people don't do. He actually got married before going to Bollywood, and that usually people don't do that because obviously you're go- you're going to Bollywood now. You're gonna be a star. You're gonna have girls all over the place. He's very traditional. He's one of those guys. He's never been in a scandal ever. Mm. He's probably known as the most humble Bollywood star in the history. Of Bollywood, um, he'd never been in any scandal. Is just so humble. And here's the great thing: this guy was a poor little dude that made something for himself. Do you know what his net worth is right now? I know. What is it? Six hundred and fifty million dollars. Jesus. Christ. Let me ask you this question: of from number one to twenty-five, where do you think he ranks in richest actors slash actresses in the world? In the world? Yes. 600 million yeah from one to let's say in the top 25 where do you think he ranks he has to be in the top 15 with the with the fucking net worth like that if not breaching the top 10 second he's second yeah and when i tell you who the first is you're gonna be like what are you talking about but he's second the richest actor in the world which is this is absolutely nuts that i'm about to say this is have you ever seen twister yeah, you remember the remember the guy from Twister, his girlfriend, the one that was like scared and stuff. Mm-hmm. She's the richest actor in the world. She actually owns the Atlanta Hawks along with her husband. She's oh, worth three well, billion dollars. That, that's not that's not from from acting though. So I, when you yeah. said that, I was thinking 
just from acting. You're so you're saying if you're talking about homegrown, Shahrukh Khan will be number one if you take her out of the picture. Okay, he's worth six hundred fifty million dollars, and he's ranked number two in terms of acting. So he's if you check in terms of social media, he's one of the most popular actors in the entire world. Realize India has like four point two billion people. So there's that. So anyway, has he ever crossed over and came to the United States to be in anything? Do you know? He has not. There have been there have been people that have done so. Um, Ashwarya Rai Bachan has done a few movies. Mm-hmm. Priyanka Chopra, who's married to Nick Jonas, a lot of people know her now. She had her own show. Um, I forgot the name of the show. She was like a uh, a special agent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Quantico? Is that? Yeah, Quantico. Yeah. So she was a huge Bollywood star. Before a Bollywood star, she was Miss Universe. Yeah. And then they, they brought her in, and uh, she was a huge Bollywood star. And she still does Bollywood, and she goes back and forth between Bollywood and Hollywood. But um, there's been a couple of people, but he himself has never crossed over, which is just absolutely nuts considering his skills. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's SRK. The next person I want to talk about is. Uh, the, the main lead in terms of the woman, which is uh, in the movie, her name was uh, 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 Nana Catherine Kapoor, which is pretty Zinta. And um, she plays like this sort of at the beginning, like a sh- sort of, I would say, innocent and sort of. I don't want to say standoffish, but she was very a hard-nosed person. She went through a lot of stuff. Her father committed suicide there. They have a lot of issues going on in the house. Their family doesn't get along. She's not that one to be like fun. What were your What are your initial thoughts about the the the, the Nana character? Okay, so the character, right? Not the actress, the character. Right. I want to um, know both, but you can start with the character. I think if you talk about initial, she did come off as kind of uh, what's the word that word? naive. Is that the word? That okay. Great, very great word, na- yeah. very naive and green. Um, and by the end of the movie, she she definitely grew out of it. Like. three-hour movie you better have some fucking progression but uh yeah i think and i think she she also is one of those she not not to the level of srk but she did a lot of a lot of her 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 reactions to things before she spoke a line you like you saw and i don't know if we're going to talk talking about scenes yet but like this you know what i'm talking about when she finds out that it visibly crushes her and she, she really doesn't like she, she st- turns around storms off but you the whole body language in that was great i guess i'm talking about the actor again you're asking about the character i'm sorry it's, it's hard fine. for me to fine. mix it up um but yeah the character she came off as naive she came off as somebody who hasn't really had to be exposed to a lot of what the, what's going on in the real world so and to me it was that thing of two is like all right the culture is different but this was this was was this set in the in the United States? Because it didn't start yes. in New York, right? Yeah. So, yeah. um, r- really and truly, the movie was shot in in New York, like parts of Brooklyn, parts of Manhattan. Yeah. There was a very small portion that was shot in Toronto. Really, uh, um, Karen Johar, which I want to talk about in a minute. He's the uh, writer, and um, he's not the director, but he's the writer of this movie and the producer. Yeah. Uh, he he co-produced it with his father, who unfortunately passed away just a few moments uh, a few months after this movie was released his father did and uh, his father is a very famous uh, producer as well uh, Yash Johar and Karen Johar is the son um he wanted the movie to be filmed in Toronto for budgeting reasons, but he wanted the setting to be New York. Unfortunately, they couldn't do a lot in Toronto because this whole thing was filmed during a pandemic, which was, if you remember, back in uh, this time was SARS. Mm. SARS was going like crazy back then, so they had to do a lot of the a lot of the filming in New York, which is the setting anyway. Okay, okay, makes sense, makes sense. Um, all right, what's next? 
So the next uh, character I want to talk about real quick, uh, so that was Pretty Zinta, um, is the other lead role uh, in terms of males, which is Saif Ali Khan. And uh, you tell me, what do you, what were your thoughts about Saif Ali Khan? What did you, your take on, again, the real guy and the character? His character was uh, Rohit Patel. The weakest actor in the bunch, by far. And I don't know if it, and again, this, so this is the only roles I've seen them in, right? So I'm judging strictly off this movie. He could have Can another Can I cut role. you off one second? Yeah. This was his first big role. Okay. Big role. So yeah. that completely makes sense then. So that, that makes sense. But he was, he was cool, but he was so overshadowed by the other two leads that at times I honestly was not worried about what was going on with him. Even though you can't, you kind of have to with the story, the story in this, but I was so engaged by what, um, what was SRK's character's name? Ahmad. Ahmad. Like his, like whatever he, whenever he was on screen, he was who I was paying attention to, by far. And they share a lot of scenes together. And he just, to me, he just got completely outshined. But the, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just saying. But I mean, the character himself, I, I can understand. I, I identify with the character, right? Because if you think about it, we've, well, most people, not everyone, have had have have experienced being overshadowed by somebody that you care and you love right because there's love between them two or respect between them two but Ahmad's character and his 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 gravitas his, his him being silly everything completely overshines that it's just like yeah I'm I'm his friend you, you kind of get it, I, tired of being identified as Ahmad's friend but that's how that, I, I identify with that plight but go ahead and and also one thing you, you're you're 100% in what you're saying and one thing I forgot to mention before when you're talking about SRK being cheesy and stuff. He is cheesy in this movie, mm-hmm. but there's two things also that have to be taken into account. Number one, Karen Johar is a cheesy writer, super cheesy writer. And Shah Rukh Khan is cheesy in real life as well. He's just in real life. He did a Ted talk and the whole Ted talk was literally like this, like this character, <laughs> like that's how he is in real life. Right. Okay. So, but based on what you're saying is hundred percent true because and I've never heard this in any sort of film ever. There were people that turned down the Rohit, um, turned down the Rohit, uh, what am I looking for? The Rohit character, mm-hmm. the Rohit role, specifically because they did not want to be in a movie with Shah Rukh Khan. Not because they didn't want to be in a movie with Shah Rukh Khan, but they didn't want to play his second. Because he's so powerful on screen, they just know he's gonna, they're going to be overshadowed. Wow. They love to work with him, but not for this particular script because you are playing his second, really. And yeah. a lot, like a lot of people, turn down the role because they didn't want to do that. That's how strong of an actor he is, and he doesn't try to be a douchebag. It's just you know, it's just he's, he's just great at what he does. Yeah, exactly. Um, the last character I want to talk about, on-screen character, is uh, Jaya Bachan. Now I know to to probably you, you're seeing Jaya Bachan played Jennifer, who is Pretty Zinta's mom. Mm-hmm. To you, it just looks it's she's just a a, a old lady. What is she, the Meryl Streep of Bollywood? So she's not the Meryl Streep of Bollywood, okay. but her name is Jaya Bachan. Now, that last name, Bachan, Shah Rukh Khan is, I know people call him the king of Bollywood. I like to refer to him as the prince of Bollywood. Because during this, I would say the 80s until today, he's run Bollywood. Before the 80s, though, when he was a kid, someone else was running Bollywood for 20 years. And the guy still acts now. And his name is Amita Bachan. He is the king of Bollywood to me. He's actually the number eighth ranked richest person in the world. I think it's like over $350 million. He's eighth in the world, Amita Bachan. Amita Bachan's wife is Jennifer, Jaya Bachan. Mm. So um, the, the fact that she was in her, that's it. That she, 
although she, she was huge in her time as well, but her husband, her husband is extremely huge. He's, um, if you ever seen the great Gatsby, did you ever see the great Gatsby? Yeah, of course. You know, there's an Indian guy in great Gatsby. Uh-huh. That's her husband. He, that's Amitabachan, right? Okay. He's really the king of Bollywood in my eyes. But yeah. So what were your thoughts on her? Because she was a simple old lady and, you know, they had their restaurant and you can, you can kind of feel the pain in her eyes, but I don't want to say too much. I want to hear your thoughts on it. I mean, I mean, she was the old lady and she was the wise one, right? Like, I mean, it, it, she, she played the, the thing that sucks about it, right? Is that it's easy to forget when somebody plays like the elder in the movie, right? Because they, but the gravitas was there. For sure, I can, you can definitely say that. But to me, it was like, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it's not anything that necessarily stuck with me in the movie. That like my lasting thoughts after leaving this movie because it was so much other stuff. But I mean, she was, she was great in the role. Right, and just so we're on the same page, we're talking about Pretty Zinta's mom, Anak yes. Gram, Grandma. Okay, beautiful. And the last person I want to talk about because we have to talk about him is Karen Johar, who is the director. I'm sorry, I keep saying director. He's the producer uh, and writer of this. And uh, this was... I think he's only made about five or six movies, but they are all phenomenal movies. Everyone, he's he's my favorite director. He's my favorite writer. My favorite producer. Um, he he made a he made another movie before this, which was extremely popular. Um, a lot of people will 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 say that that was probably the best movie ever made. No one really says this is the best movie ever made. I say it, but the content the consensus is usually one of two movies that is not this. But in all of the movies. He's the writer and and he's behind it 100% of all the top movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you this question. Because I'm assuming you probably don't know what I'm about to tell you. Based on everything you saw in this movie, what if I was to tell you that Karen Johar is actually openly gay? Really? Do things? Yes. Wow. Do, do certain things make sense that you might have saw? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. So he's never outright said I'm gay, uh-huh. but he's he's literally first of all, if you see an interview with him, you'll you'll probably realize he's gay. But he said like I own those three letters, and he's made comments like that. So this was the first Bollywood movie. This movie's a little bit groundbreaking. This is the first Bollywood movie to have a lot of sort of gay tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw the one scene with Aman and and, and SRK. I mean, uh, sorry, uh, SRK and Saif Ali Khan in the bedroom. I know they were playing around. Um, you also saw during one of the the, the songs, two guys actually kiss on the li- on the lips, which I never realized until rewatching it. I seen the movie a hundred times, never realized that part. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of gay tendencies in this, and that was his way of saying like, hey. I'm gay and this is me putting it on the screen. It's kind of like Ellen DeGeneres when she came out and she had her show back in like the nineties yeah. or whatever, yeah. same concept, but Karen Johar, definitely phenomenal. I would suggest anybody who's getting into Bollywood, watch one of his flicks. So that's enough of the cast analysis. Um, I, I didn't really know how I want to go about this. So I, I figured we'll just go through it, not break down every single scene or else we'll be here for 12 hours, mm-hmm. but just, you know, some of the big things. So as I mentioned before, we learned that Pretty Zinta's dad passed away. Uh, Nana's dad passed away, and um, the family business is struggling. And really, the I would say the first thirty minutes to forty minutes of this movie, I was sort of nervous for you because I will say the first forty minutes, in my opinion, is very cheesy. Um, the comedy is really weird. Um, a lot of it is it's not not that great, but I feel like every Bollywood movie is like that. And if you can get past those first forty minutes or so. You're in for a great ride, mm. but it's just getting past those four forty minutes. Do you feel the same? Well, I think for me because it was it was in a completely new world for me that it didn't drag the first forty minutes or so for me. I can see why it would, but like I was, 
everything was new to me. These this cast was new, the style of movie was new, everything was new for me. So I didn't feel that. Maybe upon a second watching, I would, but I did. I didn't personally feel that in this in this viewing of it. That's awesome. Yeah. Another character that we need to talk about, which we don't have to go in depth, but we met her now at this this time is Dadi. Dadi is the Hindi word for uh, grandma, mm-hmm. which is Jenny's mother in law, who is an absolute fucking cunt. Excuse my language. She's just an absolute bitch throughout. She's this the entire... mother in law that everybody hopes they don't get. Seriously, I know, that's, bro. That's what were your thoughts on her, bro? Why didn't somebody smack the shit out of her? Like, <laughs> I could, I could not have an in-law like this because I don't know how to. I know how to watch my, you know, I know how to be respectful, know how to watch my tongue or whatever. My facial expressions, I cannot control at all. And I know if I had an in-law like this, my facial expressions would scream, "Bitch, who the fuck you talking to?" A lot. <laughs> just, just straight memes all day. Exactly. Like what the what. <laughs> I know, bro. I would. I thank my thank God bless my mother in law. I love my mother in law. A lot of people hate their mother in law. I love my mother in law. So, um, yeah. But you you saw sort of the relationship between um, uh, I'll just call her Daddy. She was a grandmother, and uh, Gia, who is the little girl, um, that. At this point, she's the adopted little girl, and she has strife because she's saying that her son killed himself because was sick and tired of Gia, the little girl, and Jenny wanting to adopt this little girl, and that's why. Obviously, later on, we find out something else, which we'll get to a little bit later. That but reveal was fucking crazy, bro. It was absolutely crazy, absolutely crazy, but just that relationship with Gia was so horrible, and I'm sure everybody hated uh, Daddy, and then obviously, um, you got some, we saw some other characters. We saw Pretty Zinta's um, friend, best friend, which is sweet, too. Pretty Zinta, let me tell you this, this movie doesn't really age well, this, this movie was 2003. Pretty Zinta was fat shaming the shit out of her. And this is so ironic considering on The Awakened Sold, you literally did a series on <laughs> fat phobia. And she was just saying like, oh, my friend is great, except she has a couple of pounds and she doesn't want to lose it. And she was literally telling her friend, "Did besides this, was there anything else where you're like, whoa, that wouldn't fly in 2020? Nothing that stands out right now, only because, again, like, bro, I think I was so engulfed in a different world that a lot of that stuff kind of missed me. Uh, the fat shaming thing, yeah, bro. Like, well, and the thing is, the people still crack fat jokes. Fat jokes still happen all the time, so I don't even think that would necessarily get anybody canceled in 2020 because people just are fucking dickheads. Um, there's nothing else that comes to mind. What about you? Yeah, um, yeah, nothing else comes to mind. That's why I actually was asking you because I'm like, maybe I missed something. But yeah, nothing really comes to mind. Now, what did come to mind is, um, I, and I, you know, this is after my first time watching this. I've seen this movie a thousand times right now. But do you think Nana is this way because her dad died? Or more, even one step further, killed himself? That's why she is this way? I think so. I think I think that, that, that that's what they try to convey in the story is that that him killing himself completely soured her especially on Gia. So yeah, yeah, I, I totally, um, I totally get that. And, um, yeah, the Gia thing, I hated seeing the way she treated Gia. She's like this sweet little girl. And like, she even slaps her early in the movie. And it's like, what, like at that point, if I was Jenny, I would have beat the shit out of her. Like, ain't no one touching my child. Yeah. You could yell at my child, but don't touch my child. So, um, yeah. Anyway, just moving right along. We end up finding out, and that's when we're introduced to Rohit Patel, which is uh, Saif Ali Khan's character. He's been friends with Priti Zinta for about a year now. They go to NBA classes together. And uh, I would say he's sort of like this, in a way, like a nerdy guy that thinks he's like Don Juan, but he's really not. Mm -hmm. And he's always trying to holler at girls, but it just doesn't work out. And um, 
you know, that that's just kind of uh, uh, like sort of who he is, I think. And um, during this time, though, we we after the whole thing happens with Gia, the little girl and the grandmother slapping them, you see the whole family sort of go upstairs in the room and they're like praying and. Uh, you know, they're praying for like, man, we need like an angel. We need someone to save us. And as this doing this, and this is where the director comes in really good here. You're seeing the screen flip and you're seeing this figure coming and it's SRK, but you don't know it's him yet. And they're saying they need an angel. And the crazy thing is wearing white. Mm. So can you talk to me a little about that? If you can recall that particular scene and what were your thoughts there? I mean, because at this point, you don't even know who SRK is. You don't even know who this guy right, is. You're right. But it's foreshadowing, right? And I think for- it, it's, it's, evident of his impact that he's going to have on the characters later on in the movie. So, yeah, I mean, it's just great directing. Absolutely. And here's the first time we also, um, which is probably um, not mine, but it's the most famous song from this movie, and which is the title song, which is called Kalhonaho. But they have a theme that plays throughout the whole movie, and it's called the Heartbeat Instrumental, which is the Kalhonaho Instrumental. And you always hear it because you just hear that that heartbeat. We hear this as you see, you know, uh, Shah Rukh Khan coming through. But anyway, just to kind of fast forward a little bit, the first time these two meet together, uh, Shah Rukh Khan, which also this actually this doesn't age well as well. Shah Rukh Khan just comes up to these two little kids who are complete strangers and starts talking to them, starts like uh, playing around with the little girl. And I know it's very, it's very uh, innocent, mm. but in 2020, that probably wouldn't fly. He ends up eventually seeing Nana, and you can tell eventually when they when they meet, there's like an instant connection, at least on his part. Nana could give two shits, but you can say that he's seeing something in her. Anyway, at that point... I saw something we, in her, too. Uh, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. <laughs> Bolly, Bollywood, Bollywood is known for their beautiful women. There has been some, some uh, drama, because there have been a lot of people that are saying, how come all the big Bollywood um, actresses, they're all light-skinned? But there have been a few dark-skinned ones, but the majority are all light-skinned. So, okay, so is colorism a thing, too, in indie culture? 1,000%. See, and that's oh, that's always so. Even though I lived, you know, in Europe most of the time, I lived in European countries where everyone were the same skin color. So it, it, it wasn't that. So it, it that's always interested me about other cultures is that is colorism a thing. And another thing that I want to ask before we get too far in this, very early on in this movie, I realized, I recognized that they go – between i don't want to get it wrong the language that they speak what's the language it's hindi hindi uh and english is that is that common in the culture too to switch to like that because they'd be mid-sentence and then say like what in english and then go back to hindi is that is that normal normal or is that no hindi is just straight 100 hindi that influences 1000 percent karen johar okay and he does that in all of his movies where because he wants to karen johar's um overall goal is to put on a great movie mm. for Bollywood but he's also trying to c- cross over a lot of his movies and that's how you see a lot of the people in this, in these movies they're very wet you know western so they're wearing regular clothes they're playing basketball on the street he went to the United States and spent like an extended period studying the culture studying the way everything is in New York and he was there for a long time studying because he wanted his the movie, not only this movie, but all, all the movies he makes have that sort of, they call it Hingrish, I think is the mm-hmm. right term, Okay. where it's like Hindi and English. You don't see that in, maybe nowadays you do okay. in 2020, but back in 2003, really majority was just his type of movies that were like that. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that's definitely a great question. But 
we get our first song in the movie, and this is another thing I didn't really know how you would take it because you don't know what the hell they're saying. I know there's subtitles, but it can be a little over the top, These some of these performances. And we got the first song, which is Pretty Woman. What was your initial reaction? Because I'm sure you were like, what? I know this song. And it's somewhat. So, <laughs> bro, I, and I texted you this. This rendition of Pretty Woman is going to forever be stuck. In- this is the new version of Pretty Woman for me, personally. Yeah. Like it, and I didn't notice that they were doing. Like I'm like, this does seem familiar. And then when they start saying "pretty woman" in English, I'm like, motherfucker! Like, <laughs> but no, it was great, bro. It was great. It, and, and this is something like, and this isn't just me saying it because I'm on the podcast with you. I I don't know if this version of the song is available on Spotify, but if it is, I'm adding it to my to my rotation. Yeah, uh, it should probably the whole soundtrack uh, of this movie probably should be on it. But um, yeah, and this is one of the very few because. Bollywood is notoriously no, um, um, recognized for pirating the shit out of music from from us, from the United States. Mm-hmm. And because no one really knows too much about Bollywood in the United States, they never get popped for it. But one of Karen Johar's own earlier films had, um, uh, you know that song, It's Raining Men? Mm-hmm. It's like it's rain. He put it in, it put it in the movie, and somehow they found out, and he got like a huge fine. So to be on the safe side for this movie, he actually paid for the rights of Pretty Woman. Um, and probably one of the first people in Bollywood to ever do, like, actually pay for the rights of Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not the Pretty Woman song, it's still the same sort of tone. Yeah. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, that was cool. And um, what do you think about the just the dancing and the, the, the you got to see the, the synchrony and the color, which is a lot of what Bollywood's about. The, okay, so colors, right? Vibrant as hell, right? It's something to say about when you see a bunch of people dancing together and they don't, like, in american musicals right let's just say movies or whatever they're 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 all like dressed the same it's a lot of toned down colors it's not a lot of brightness this while some of the dancing i'm looking like oh this is a little bit cringy but it's it fit it fit into the tone of the movie but it also made you feel like this sense of you know how like the first time as a kid you see a disney movie that's how yeah. I was watching this shit, bro. I, it was, it was like, and again, as I watch more Bollywood movies, we probably need to do this maybe like once every couple of months. Like, as I watch more Bollywood movies, that may fade down on me some, and maybe I can look at it. It's gonna be hard, honestly, bro. And this, it's gonna be hard for me to critique a lot of this movie because watching it, I was so just. It's seriously, it's like the first time walking into Disney World, bro. It's the experience, and that's what this was. Yeah, yeah, and th- th- I'm I'm glad because I want I want to hear your your raw reaction like that, and it's probably like the first time I saw like a Korean movie, for example, because it's something so new and you've never seen it before. But even like a Korean movie, we kind of get aspects like you've seen old like Bruce Lee movies and stuff, even though it's not Korean. A lot of the same thing with Bollywood is just completely different than anything you've ever seen, just the culture and everything. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, so anyway, after that. Um, basically at this point, um, Shah Rukh Khan invites himself over to dinner and we, we get a little bit more character development here. And for me, this is the part that kind of at least slowed down. M- maybe I'm saying that cause I've seen this movie a hundred thousand times. Mm-hmm. So I've seen all this already, but you, you kind of see him connect with each family member, um, mm-hmm. in his own way. And that's sort of a common theme throughout this with him connecting, um, with people, um, in terms of that, Later on, there was like a because uh, I believe they int- they invited a guy over um, to meet uh, that was supposed to go meet Sweet Two, which is Sweet Two's the next door neighbor, mm-hmm. and also uh, Pretty Zinta invited her friend Rohit, and there was some sort of cross, and they went to the wrong house, and this is like Karen Johar's uh, 
try a comedy. And I just, for me, it's it, it, it sort of fell flat on the face. That's one of the, the low points I would say of this film, mm-hmm. where the comedy in some parts were very like not good. Uh, do, do you take think that at all, or do you were you were you on point with this? No, I can see what you what you mean with that. Like, you, you mean as far as like some of the comedy feeling forced? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Whereas a lot of a lot of the interactions do feel you know flawless and everything. Some some of the stuff. I could I could see where you're coming from with that. It did did seem a little bit forced. Yeah, yeah. And um, just kind of going through here. And if there's anything else that you want to, um, you know, because we ain't jump around a little. Anything else you want to bring up? You know, feel free to do so. But um, there's a church scene where he's talking to Nana, and I think this is the first time he sort of breaks through mm-hmm. with Nana when he's saying like, "I understand your dad passed away, but he's still like looking at you," and he would want those dimples to one be on that because she has some beautiful dimples, mm-hmm. you know, one, one dimple to be on that side. And, and this is the first time we, I think we actually see her even smile in the movie. And then at this, at this point you can start to see the wheels turning and Nana's starting to catch feelings for SRK. And you, you starting to see her smile. She takes off her glasses and they do this whole montage of showing how, again, he's affecting everybody's lives. And also, uh, Prezinta, now just flips into a whole different character for you when she did that flip did you feel like that was more naturally who she's supposed to be or what your take on that when when the flip comes you mean as far as like did it did it seem sudden right do you think it was again forced or or rushed Uh, or do you think it was done you know i wouldn't say forced rushed yes because you can you can see a world in which somebody would bring out a different side of your personality right but I can see where it seemed maybe a little not force, but rush. I think there's a distinction between those two. I can see where where you, where it would be come off a little rush. Right. So the next thing I want to talk about, and just going along with the flow of the movie here, is we see a picture, and it's a picture of SRK and a woman. And you probably don't know this, mm-hmm. but the woman is clearly in wedding gear. So when I first saw this movie, I was like, "What the fuck." I'm like, wait, is this so his that's sister? something that I I clearly and that's what because when when um pretty Zita like sees it in no no this is not that scene no no I know when she sees a picture okay right but I'm just saying when right like her reaction to it I didn't understand why she jumped into that so you're saying she's in marriage garb correct okay, she's in mar- marriage garb um typically and I, i'll probably get crucified for some stuff first of all i'm not hindu i'm not indian even i'm guyanese but we have indian like ancestry mm. um so i do know the culture but you typically when indian people get married uh the traditional color for women is red and um you know the the, the jewelry and everything she's wearing the picture it's traditional uh wedding garb so you see this picture and the first thing that comes to mind is either this is his sister or like his girl. And I'm like, there's no way they're going to make Shah Rukh Khan have a wife. Like that's, he, they wouldn't put him like in a scum light. Cause Shah Rukh Khan is like at the height of his career at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't see him ever playing like a bad guy or anything like that. So I'm like, this must be his sister or something. I really didn't think too much about it, but initially what I know you didn't know that was wedding gear, but what, what, what did you have any thoughts on it? Not knowing that, not really. It didn't. It didn't. Didn't. It wasn't even anything that caught my eye per se because I, I'm just not familiar. Correct. Yeah, and and that's totally understandable because you didn't know it's it's wedding. But anyway, um, they get on the Staten Island ferry. They meet who later becomes Sweet Two's love interest, which is Frankie. Mm-hmm. Who um, this guy's acting is just really weird to me. <laughs> He's only a couple scenes, but his name is Frankie. He's a DJ at the club. He invites him to go over to uh the club uh, Nirvana, I think it's called. And at this point, uh. 
Prezinta again is loosening up a lot and um she starts getting freaking twisted and she starts drinking and uh she devises a plan for Rohit and her to act like they're dating. And uh, obviously, Shah Khan doesn't fall for any of this. He know he sees right through it. Rohit's girlfriend shows up, Gita, and the whole thing is just broken. The plan is just broken, and you you know that it's it's a fake. And they just start getting plastered, all of them, and not Shah Khan though. Shah Khan is the one, obviously, that he's the the the, the comrade head needs to start getting plastered. And it basically what what happens is this whole scene, I think just continues the storyline. They end up going outside. And then at this point, I feel like this is the first, again, foreshadowing of what's to come because Shah Rukh Khan sees them getting along and he's holding Nana's hand. And when he sees that, how they're connecting, he lets go of their hand. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, up until this point, there's this guy that's trying to holler at this girl. He's trying to win over. And just like that, he lets go of her hand. Did you have anything initially? Like, okay, well, you just give it up. No, no, I didn't. Uh, no, because I can understand it. Like, I mean, if you when you're still trying to build a connection, you 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 get a little disheartened, and that's how I took it. Not necessarily he's giving completely up, but in that in that moment, he's like, "Damn, that's a kick in the balls." That's how I took it. Right, like I lost this battle, but there's more to come. Basically, exactly. yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. So, um, anyway, so also, um, I I did want to mention when they were in the club, there was also another song, which for some reason a lot of people really like this song. Not me too much, but it's called uh, "It's Time to Disco," mm-hmm. and apparently people say it's a very catchy beat. I'm not I'm not really a big least fan of it. Song in the movie. Yeah, um, I would uh, probably one of my least or second least favorite song in the movie. I, I really didn't um. I really like people like for some reason. I, I really don't know why. But um, anyway, after this scene, I guess Nana gets home. The next scene we get is one of the scenes we were talking about earlier. You get, and this is the comedy that I actually liked. You get Shah Rukh Khan and Saif Ali Khan waking up. Rohit and Amma wake up in bed together. And Rohit, Rohit's uh, maid is there. And she's about to pass out because she sees him in bed with another man. And it's like, oh my God, like, is he is he gay? And they have like, it's just a, a funny uh, sort of uh, interaction. And um, was there anything on, on this particular scene that you wanted to discuss? Or you know, This is another comedy, but I think it was done more well versus some of the other I mean, comedies. Yeah, this, this is that misunderstanding that you see in a lot of comedies. You always have that scene where it's like, if people just learn to communicate, it, w- it wouldn't turn into what it turns into. Exactly. So, um at this point, you got a little bit of a monologue, and a monologue. Really, I didn't really point this out, but the, the way that this film starts, it's really with Nana. She's with someone, but you don't know who she's with, and she's telling her story. So there's really a a a, a, a narrative throughout the the uh, entire um, entire uh, film. So during this part, though, when she's walking by, you see that. Shah Rukh Khan is with a girl and it's the girl in the picture mm-hmm. and he's telling her things like, Oh, I came to New York just for you. And, uh, I only, you know, I, I'm here for you. My time is yours. And now you're getting a little bit more meat at that point. Did you start, to, what did you start thinking now? Cause now it's not just a picture. So, so this is when it was okay. At first I didn't re- I didn't realize that that was the same woman from the picture. Um, I think that came, I don't because I think I stopped around this time on my first sitting and then I came and I started back a little bit before this. And I was like, wait a second. That's the same woman from the picture. And that's when it was like, OK, something's going on here. But it's still because I didn't have the reference of it being wedding garb. It was still just like, 
All right, so what's this connection? What's what's this relationship between these two? So did you initially think like, oh, is this his girlfriend or? Because now maybe they're an ex, an ex. Oh, okay, that that makes sense. That they still remained a close friendship afterwards because that does happen. So that's what my mind was going to with that. Right, and then um, you know, just to kind of move it down a little bit, we got another song which was "Kuch to Huahe," which is probably one of my favorite songs on the uh, uh, in the film. It's you hear the instrumental throughout a lot of the movie, and uh, you see this sort of love triangle. Pretty Zinta loves Shah Rukh Khan. Mm-hmm. Shah Rukh Khan loves Pretty Zinta. Uh, uh, you know, Saif Ali Khan loves Pretty Zinta, and it's just all of this love triangle. And mm-hmm. typically with Bollywood movies, the trope is usually for rom- romantic films. It's usually the guy likes the girl, but the girl doesn't like the guy. And then eventually the guy wins over the girl and they live happy ever after. Or the guy likes the girl, but the girl's parents don't agree for the marriage, mm-hmm. but eventually they win them over. Or everything I just said, but flipped, where the girl likes the guy and, and, and vice versa. Okay. Or there's a girl and two guys like her, and she eventually picks one of them. Pretty much for 99% of Bollywood romantic movies, that's literally the trope. But obviously here we're going to get something a little bit different. So uh, we just just to, to kind of go and, 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 and sort of move it along a little bit, uh, at this point, Saif Ali Khan kind of fi- finds out that Pretty Zinta, because they sit down, he's about to tell Pretty Zinta he loves her and everything. Pretty Zinta basically tells her, like, I love Aman. And he's, like, completely shocked, like, you love Aman? Like, he was about to confess his love. Mm-hmm. And at that point, he, he you could just tell he's crushed. And, he you know, she confesses the love, uh, you know, for for her. And she, she runs to him, starts raining. And for me, this scene coming up, is my favorite scene in the entire film. This is when she's in a red dress with the flowers. She's running in the rain. She gets to his house, knocks the door. By this time, though, Rohit has called Shah Rukh Khan and said, hey, listen, you don't see this, but it's off camera. Like, hey, I just confessed my love. She doesn't want me. She wants you. So he, she comes over, and I want you to I want you to break down this scene and from your perspective and t- tell me what your perspective of this scene was. Because it's a strong scene. No, bro, you're the one breaking. Don't don't put this on me. <laughs> okay, but I still want your I still want your thoughts on okay. it. So she comes, she knocks on the door. He makes a joke like he always does. Uh, and she, they come inside, and he's she's trying to confess his love for him, mm-hmm. and he she sees a picture, the same picture you were talking about before, yeah. and she asks, "Who's that?" And he's like, "Oh, that's Priya," and she's like, "Oh, who's Priya?" He's like, "Oh, Priya, my wife," and then it's like boom. The, the the cinematography kicks in and you see like a mm. zoom in, like a, a sudden zoom and she's just stunned like your wife. And then he's like, yeah. And he tells the story like I came to New York because we had a little bit of a squabble and she came to New York and I came to win her back. And, you know, and you could just feel the pain from Pretty Zinta. Yeah. Pretty Zinta walks up. She's like she has to go. She's she's holding back tears. She leaves. And then this is where you see Shah Rukh Khan, SRK, in his glory in acting he's looking he's talking and he's telling his mother like i really like i i love her and my heart has so much love for her but how can i tell her that this heart that has so much love is too weak Mm -hmm. and he turns to his mom and i'm getting goosebumps he turns to his mom and he says mom i'm dying and it just the first time i saw this it just hit you because you don't really get that in bollywood like a trope like this. And I was like, whoa. So that whole scene that I just broke down there, because for me, it's such a huge scene. How did you take that scene? This is where it kicks in to, it makes everything makes a lot of sense, right? So why, 
why that imagery that we saw when when SRK first came on the scene, like you said, him being in white and them prank, like you said this was the scene that kicks everything in the high gear. This is where the cinematography, the acting all comes in. This is where you start realizing that the reason why SRK, his character is the way he is because he's just trying to enjoy the last little bit of life that he has. And in that he found somebody that he fell in love with, but he's still trying to be selfless and he wants her to fall in love with somebody he knows who loves her. It's just, bro, this, this, like you said, that the scene and the acting in it and him talking to his mom, it just, it, it's a gut-wrenching fucking scene, bro. And it's, this movie had been so funny and 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 lighthearted, lighthearted. Still, since then, it's a complete tonal shift, and it's just like, God damn! But that's real life. So yeah. yeah. And um, when Shah Rukh Khan cries, it's just like Tom Hanks. I can't help but like get the feels. He just incites emotion when he cries. I don't know how he does it, but it's every time. And at, at this point, um, I don't know uh, the version you watch, but Typically, at, at this point in time, after this scene, you get intermission. And this is a normal thing in Bollywood movies because the movies are so fucking long. Mm-hmm. They have an intermission. And it's usually because the movies are shown in a movie theater. And at this time, they normally take about a 15 to 20-minute break. So people can go to the concession tan- stands, go pee, and you know go smoke a cigarette outside, whatever, and then come back and watch the second half of the film. But I would say from the second half on, this film is just a, a roller coaster. From this point on, it's just a roller coaster. So, just to kind of move it along, at this point, you know, you have all kinds of things going on because Nana's crushed. She's just done with men altogether. Rohit now is crushed because he's lost Nana. He tries to get into another relationship. That doesn't work. Eventually, Shahrukh Khan, Rohit doesn't know any of this. Eventually, he finds out that Shahrukh Khan is, is married, supposedly, and they devise a plan to win over Nana for uh, Saif Ali Khan. And they come up with this plan where he's going to talk, you know, uh, it's sort of like he's going to coach him. Shah Rukh Khan is going to coach him on how to win Nana. The first thing I want to say real quick, though, is that Bluetooth, well, I've never seen a Bluetooth the size of, the thing came across like his whole mouth. It was more like a freaking customer service headset. No, bro, that's how Bluetooth were at first. Really? Yeah. It was so long. I'm yeah, like, what the bro. hell? I remember I had one not quite that long, but I did have one that was similar to that on my razor to just take. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that, that's crazy. So anyway, they, they devise a seven day plan where he's giving him tips. And on the seventh day, he's supposed to win him over. And really, it really happens. Like by the sixth, fifth, sixth day, you can see that she's sort of trying to get feelings for him again, getting over Shah Rukh Khan in a way, sort of a little bit, etc. And then this is where you get the title song, which is called Hona Ho, um, mixed in with a bunch of, of montages. And then another big scene comes up a little bit later. They're planning a, a sort of getting a date between Nana and, and Rohit. And at this time, she, Rohit is talking with SRK. And they don't realize Pretty Zinta is standing there. And Pretty Zinta hears this. So the way Pretty Zinta takes this is like, Shah Rukh Khan knew he was married. He can't have me. So he's going to get my best friend to take advantage of that friendship and swindle me into falling in love with me as like a negative bad thing. And they go out to Grand Central Station. And probably the second best scene in this movie for me happens. The journal. The journal. Okay, break it down for me, bro. Come on. Listen, when he pulls out that journal and starts reading how he feels about him, he's like, those aren't my thoughts. Those are, uh, what's his name? Rohit's Rohit's feelings. 
that reminded me of the, what's the thing the the movie 10 things i hate about you or 10 things i love about you. oh yeah 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 10 things i hate about that, you that scene when when they re, when she reads the list it's the same yes. feeling i got from this it was just like like how can you not fall in love with somebody after hearing that they feel about you that way bro exactly great scene and what was so great about it is because i, I don't know if you if you caught it the first page it said i love you nina mm-hmm. the second page was completely blank so everything coming out of his mouth was That's actually yeah. Was how he felt, and you saw, you know, Rohit look at him like, like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> something's weird here. But those words got Nana, you know, because Nana started, you know, again, Nana talk, later on talked to her mom, and her mom was like, hey, so what if he got the help of 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 to help you? That that just shows how much he wants you. And but what a strong scene that was! Again, powerful acting by Shah Rukh Khan in that one. And um, yeah, so at this point now. Nana and 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 Saif Ali Khan are have made a connection, so you, you got the you got the uh, the Grand Central scene as I talked about, and they're preparing for their first date. Now this is something I want to ask you, because this is supposed to be their first date, but he ends up proposing. In Indian culture, this is actually really normal. Is it? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't like for traditional okay. for traditional Indians there's not even such thing as dating it's like the parents meet each other and they agree on a marriage this is the marriage date done like arranged marriages still happen in India okay till this day so even having a date is sort of outside of the normal thing but again Karen Johar goes outside the box they don't really have dates like that traditionally but they have a date during this nice venue and i just want to say for me this is probably the best acting from Saif Ali Khan in the movie. And just the words, and that's the one thing I love about Bollywood. Like some of the words just tremendous. And what he says to her, and I don't know if I remember if you recall, he's like, listen, I know you don't love me right now. But I know one day you'll you'll love me. I, I'm 100% positive you'll love me one day. But for now, just believe in my love. And I have enough love for the both of us for right now. Mm-hmm. And he proposes to her. And obviously she says yes. So... She says yes, and then we, we basically kind of, uh, you know, move on to another big bombshell because we get the scene with Dadi and and Jenny getting into a big argument, and you see the little girl, Gia, run over and get Shah Rukh Khan and bring him back, and he drops the bombshell like, hey, your son killed himself, yes, but not for the reason you think. Your son didn't kill himself because Jenny adopted this girl. This girl is your son's daughter from from a a a, a um what's the word I'm looking for here? Extramarital relationship. Extramarital relationship. It's a side <laughs> chick. Exactly. And Jenny was such a great person. That girl's own mother didn't want her, but Jenny is so loving that he accepted uh, she accepted him, uh, the little girl, into the house. Mm-hmm. And he was so overcome with guilt. And that's why he killed himself. And we see a reconciliation there between Daddy and really the whole family, between Daddy and, and Pretty Zinta and the mom and, and everybody and Gia. So that was a nice little moment. Uh, so showing this movie has a lot of layers. What did you think about this particular layer and this unveiling that was here? one of those. The, the, for a lot of people, that would have been the only twist in the movie, right? That would have been it. But the, right. this movie at this point, we've had so we've got heart disease. We got all types of shit. Um, but I think that she needed to hear that because she had been blaming that on, on Jen for so long that it's like, all right, this is why Jennifer's husband committed suicide. This is why, 
uh, G is around. And I think at that point, it makes you it, it, she, if you're still a cold hearted bitch after that point, you just need to get shot. Like that should have been the next scene. But yeah, exactly. And um, I love how when SRK came in here, he came here like a boss because she's like, who the hell are you to like get get mixed up on our family matters? And his response was like, I'm the voice that should have came to you a long time ago. So it was just I, I, I love I love that, you know, that scene. Anyway, fast forward because we're about to get another reveal, not necessarily a reveal for us, the viewers, but the, the, the bomb is about to be dropped on Nana and Rohit because they meet Priya who's the nurse in like a jewelry store. She's under the assumption this is Aman's wife. Mm. So they start talking, come to find out this is not Aman's wife. It's Aman's nurse. And Aman's uh, nurse's uh, husband drops the bombshell that, hey, he's dying. As a matter of fact, he only has a couple days left to live. And again, it's another bombshell. You see Rohit and Nana just like, I can't, they can't believe it. Nana immediately goes into tears. She looks at 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 Rohit and, and he sort of just gives a nod, like "Go ahead, like go." What here? When I saw this and I knew we were gonna do this podcast, I wanted to ask you, bro, as Rohit, how in the fuck would you have handled this? Would you have been like, "Yo, I'm out," or how do you handle this situation? I mean, he's dying, so I mean, your competition is gonna be out. No, I'm just, <laughs> but, no, no, that's real. Though, I mean, real. seriously though, I mean, but I think at this point, Rohit has has a love for Aman as well, so. It's not that jealousy, so to say. That's why he's like, go ahead. I, I understand what you need to do. So I think it's an understanding there and also an appreciation because this man really spent his last week on this planet to help you get the love of your life. So how can you how can you be mad at that part? Even if, if you know that she, that she loves Aman, but, you know, look at what he did for you. So you can't really, you got, you have to kind of let that go. And that's a pride, a man pride thing. Most men's pride would not allow that, but you know, it is what it is. Right. Yeah. That's well put. Now I will say the first time I saw this film, I am 1000% positive. He's going to get a heart transplant. Clearly he's going to get a heart transplant. This is all going to be happily ever after. Um, Obviously, this is your first time watching it. Did you think he's going to die? He's going to get saved? Cause you've never seen a Bollywood movie. So where was your head? Were you already, yeah, he's done. He's if dead. If this was an American movie, I would have automatically thought at the last minute he's gonna get a heart transplant. Like that, just as he passes out, he's gonna. We're all gonna think he's dead, and then the final scene is gonna be he's waking up and Ahmed, and, I mean uh, uh, Rohit and, and Jennifer and everybody are standing around him at the bedside. Like they found your heart transplant in the last minute. Um, but because this wasn't an American movie, I didn't have that sense of like everything has to tie up perfectly for everybody to get their happy ending so no i thought once that happened i was like, oh he's definitely gonna die right and um i, I there's one thing i forgot to mention which is so stupid of me the scene before that is um my favorite song of the movie which is mahi Vey. and um if just go ahead and look it up on youtube mahi Vey. it's like a very catchy song but at the end of that scene is where he gets seemingly what seems to be a heart attack which uh you know um, leads him to go into the hospital. So he's in the hospital. He's re- he's recovering. He hasn't died, but he did get a heart attack. The jewelry scene happens. Now Nana's headed to the hospital. He gets, Shahrukh Khan gets the phone call from his nurse saying, hey, I'm sorry, we let it slip. We didn't realize Nana didn't know you're dying. Nana's on his way there. He's like, he tells the mom, I'm leaving. I have to go. Now, do you find it strange that he didn't go look for Nana? He went straight to Rohit's house. Because if it was me, I feel like I would have went to go look for Nana, but he didn't do that. He went to go look for Rohit. 
Yeah. Um, you asking if I found it weird that he was going to look for Rohit first? Right. When he when he like left the hospital, he didn't go look for the girl. He went to go look for the guy. Because no, I think I think him going to look for the girl would have bit would it have undermined what he did for Rohit? I don't know. I think I actually know, that makes bro. sense. Yeah, I think no, that you know if he would have gone to look for her too, like he, he even though he wanted to have that closure with with Nina. Had he went to her first, I don't know. I think that, that something unsaid would Rohit would have had it all the way. Like him going to look for Rohit in the back of his mind, I think was able to let Rohit to let it go as well. So I think I think you just said that perfectly, actually, because you used the word earlier, which is selfless. And I think if he would have went to Nana, that was being that's a little bit more selfish. But it showed that his goal overall was to get these two together. Him going to Nana would not have accomplished that because they would have just had this dramatic. Uh, encounter versus going to, to you know, Saifali Khan and saying, "Hey, get your shit together," because they ended up getting into an argument, and this was also another for me a powerful scene because Saifali Khan is like, "Bro, like, what the, what the hell would you do if you were in my situation? Like, what do you want me to do? I can't, I can't be part of this. How am I supposed to overcome all this?" And he's like, "What are you supposed to, What are you supposed to do?" And then Shah Rukh Khan turns around, he's like, "I wish I was in your position. I wish you, it was me, and I wish I had more time, but I'm not." Mm-hmm. And eventually. You know, they they convince, you know, they convince Saif Ali Khan and we get the two and they get married and you get your first glimpse of what a, a traditional Indian wedding looks like. It looks exactly like what you saw. Really? Right? Literally every literally everything. The throwing of the flowers, the millions of people. What you probably didn't see was a lot of dancing, but the tone of the movie here is very sad. This is probably the saddest part of the movie because Pretty Zinta is getting married. It's supposed to be a joyous occasion, and she's crying the whole time mm-hmm. because she really wants to be with Aman, and Aman is dying, and he's crying because he wants to be with her, but he knows he can't. Um, this is pretty much towards the end of the movie, and you're getting this sort of one of the final scenes of this wedding and a lot of emotion. What were your thoughts here on this one? Yeah, I mean, first of all, bro, I'll tell you what. As much as me and you are close now, I hate that I didn't know you before you got married. Was <laughs> this what your wedding was like? No, because oh. I'm... I'm not so what you mean like when me and Seema got married yeah. so when, when me and Seema got married we did like a half and half so the the first half was traditional so um I'll show you pictures um I I I was dressed up like I'm on, but I look I mean like really, but I look really I, if I would have went to your wedding would I have had to dress up like that no you could you could have went oh, I would have want. wanted to I would have been like hey bro I'm wearing what you're did, wearing <laughs> a lot of people dressed up like an in Indian but we didn't put any sort of restriction you could wear whatever you want but a lot of people did dress up in that the first half of the wedding we dressed like my wife wore red just she looked just like um uh pre in the pictures sort of that same exact with the garb i'll send you some pictures and then the second half of the wedding was more americanized she had her wearing wedding dress i had my suit etc but yeah so you got a feel of how the wedding goes and it's a lot of emotion and um then you sort of kind of see like a flick of the screen and we're into the the final pretty much the final scene and mm-hmm. it's i'm on laying in the bed and he's just you could see in his eyes that he's just not doing well. And everybody's surrounded by him, you know, pretty much the entire cast. And they each go one by one in a way, in a sense, sort of saying their final goodbyes. And again, another, for me, another emotional scene, um, you get Nana and she's so overcome with all this emotion. She runs out and you get the ultimate final interaction with, between SRK and Rohit. But before I talk about that real quick, can, what are your thoughts on this final, pretty much final scene here? This is where it take it took I was, the tears were starting, bro. 
I was asking what was going through your head and your heart and everything. It was just like, like, bro, this is this whole story. Like, and this is why I, I do love about this movie. It took you on an emotional roller coaster. Like, the tone of this movie from start is completely different than the tone that you end on, but it's earned. Every step of it is earned. And when you ask about the, kind of these final few scenes, bro, like, I'm, I, it's 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 very Brian's song made me cry. Um, Pursuit of happiness for me. Pursuit of Happiness absolutely made me cry. And I had just became a father around that time, too. So it definitely oh. made me cry. Um, damn it. What else? Uh, 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 my Girl makes me fucking cry. Well, made me cry. Uh, as you know kid. what scene gets me in My Girl? What? When he she goes up to him and he's like, he doesn't have his glasses on. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Kills fucking breaks my fucking heart every fucking time, bro. Uh, damn, why'd you have to bring this shit up? And then... <laughs> If I wasn't such a if I, if I wasn't such a fucking hardened old man at this point, bro, I if this would have been three four years ago, I absolutely I was on the pre, I was on the precipice of crying. If this would have been a handful of years ago, bro, I like Trump being in office completely fucked my emotions <laughs> up. I would have absolutely fucking cried, bro. Yeah, the first time I saw this, I definitely teared up. And even watch this movie a hundred thousand times, there are still aspects of this movie where I don't tear up, but I do get heavily choked up just because if you're enthralled in the movie it, it just happens but yeah so now the the final sort of conversation here again they bring it back to Rohit and Aman the two guys not Nana but the two guys mm-hmm. and yeah, I was kind of telling my wife this it's like this movie is about family love it's about boy like guy and girl love but I feel like it's about brotherly love too mm-hmm. between Rohit and Aman through everything there's our brotherly love and and uh, one of the nicest parts again from Saif Ali Khan, even though there's not a lot, was here where. So, just so you understand, in Hindi um, religion, they believe in um, incarnation. So they believe that you can have mo- like if you die, you'll come back again as what something, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you, they believe in like seven lives. So when he asks Saif Ali Khan, "Hey, in this life, Nana is yours, but in every life after this, she's mine," and Saif Ali Khan says, yes, like, yes, uh, um, I promise you. But then he shows, like, the thing that Shah Rukh Khan always does, and he crosses his fingers. Mm-hmm. And then when he unlocks his fingers and he says, I promise you, that, that gave me the feels right there, too, because he's saying, like, yo, I understand. She's yours. And then he closes his eyes, and then he – yeah, obviously, he passes away. You get Nana 20 years later sitting with Gia – who is now, you know, obviously older, and it's Nana telling her story. And she started out saying she's Nana Catherine Kapoor, and now she's Nana Catherine Kapoor Patel. She obviously, you know, married Rohit, and now they're telling back the story. And and that is Kahonaho. One of the best movies I've seen this year, bro. Period. Um, I think this is a, if you want to get it, if you like rom coms and you can get past the subtitle thing, like this. You know, I, I've historically said I hate subtitles, right? What I hate even more than subtitles, though, are dubbed movies. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that this was not dubbed. Um, but, yeah, if subtitles don't completely throw you off your game, you absolutely have to watch this movie. I would say even if you're not necessarily a rom-com person, because if you can't tell by the story, this is just a great. So I would look. Is there a novelization of this book? Of this movie because I think it would be great. Not that I know, but Bollywood does a horrible job. I know, like in American films, you know, a lot of it is based off of novels. I don't think that's the case with Bollywood. I guess everyone's too lazy to write; they just make films. Um, I do have one question for you, and actually, this question 
I I thought about this question when I was talking to my wife, and then I thought everybody's gonna have the same answer, but me and her had a different answer, and I think you and I are gonna have a different answer. Who do you think had more love for Nina, Aman or Rohit? Honestly, bro, I don't think I can. And why? And the only reason why I don't think I can because it it'd be easy to say that Aman had more love for him because he spent his last days basically trying to make sure she's gonna have love for the rest of her life. But let's not undercut the fact that Rohit, to know that the woman that you love loves someone else, but it not make you love her any less is fucking unselfish as well, too, bro. I don't know if I could pick between the two. I honestly don't. So my wife said Aman, right, which is, like you said, sort of the easy answer. But I saw it a completely different way because I'm thinking as a dude here, I don't know if I could do what Rohit did. Yeah. I mean, Nana and Aman never had anything, anything sexual. They never kissed. They never did. I mean, kiss on the cheek. That's it. They never did anything romantically involved. But just knowing her heart is with somebody else. So I say he sacrificed more because he has his whole life. Mm -hmm. He could have went and got another girl, but he gave all that up because of his love for her. Like you said, you know, obviously he knew this wouldn't last too long, obviously. Shah Rukh Khan will be out of the picture. But I feel like it's him. But at the end of the day, who knows? But that's one of those things that are sort of up for interpretation. And um, yeah, man, that's your 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 first forte into, into Bollywood. What are your overall thoughts and ratings on this one? Bro, ratings. I have to easily give this one a nine, bro. I have to give nine. this one a nine. This is this is uh, this may be one of the highest movies I've rated since we've revamped this podcast. But really, I just there. Yes, there are some forced comp comedic moments or whatever, um, and maybe there's some cultural stuff that I didn't necessarily get um, upon upon my watch. But I just think from a story perspective, and that's o- overall like what movies are supposed to do. They're supposed to convey a story. Every movie is going to have a critique. Every movie is going to have. Uh, something that you could point out that probably doesn't measure up with the rest of the movie, but from a story perspective, I don't, I don't know too many rom coms that are, are that are better, that have a better story than this, that feel earned, that didn't like, that weren't telegraphed, like every one of those reveals, like fucking the heart disease thing, that felt like it came out of left field in a good, like sometimes you say that in this negative, but. The way that they that they had him convey it when he's talking to his mom, it's like, okay, I understand why he's doing it the way that he's doing it. So uh, a nine easily for me. Yeah, for me, it's a nine out of ten as well. It's my favorite Bollywood movie. I wouldn't give it a ten just for those couple things we pointed out. You just mentioned as well. Um, I would absolutely give it a nine out of ten. Um, I recommend to anybody watch this movie obviously we just blew this whole thing apart uh, in terms of spoilers but um i hope uh you know you guys give it a chance do you think you would give bollywood another chance based absolutely off of this bro if you came out with a bomb i'd be like you know what i don't know but yeah absolutely bro and uh, at this point srk and i've only seen him in one role but i'm really really would love to see more of his catalog so there is two movies that universally no one says this is the best movie ever but um i do but there are two movies that universally people say are the best movie ever and in one of those movies in both of those movies srk is the lead role Mm -hmm. and in both of those movies karen johar is the director and in both of those movies karen johar is the writer so does karen uh, Karen johar and and srk do they work a lot together are they like the scorsese dicaprio thing they're exactly like i they're i don't know Maybe there's one of Karen Charles movies that does not have 
um, that does not have Shah Rukh Khan. Also, I know you're new to Bollywood, but do you remember that lo- that last song, Mahi? Well, I don't know if it was last song, but the one, the Mahi Vesa when he gets the heart attack. Mm-hmm. There's, if you ever go back and watch it, there's two females. At one point, they're dancing with Pretty Zinta throughout the whole thing. But at one point, the two guys are dancing with a girl in all white. Her name is Rani Mukherjee. She made a cameo. She's also in a lot of Karen Jara's movies. And uh, she made a cameo. And then there's another girl. She's in like 15 seconds of that scene where she's dancing. And you only see her heads up from her head up. She was actually nine months pregnant at the time. And her name is Kajal. When you see Kajal and Shah Rukh Khan on screen, their chemistry is Nothing like this movie. It's ridiculous. Really? It's ridiculous. So whenever you're ready for your next Bollywood movie, that's the movie we're going to watch. It's a movie called Kuch Kuch Otehi. But we'll, we'll get that in a month or two. Or whenever you're ready, you let me know. We'll go to that. But that's pretty much it. I know I've I've steered the ship. I hope I've done you proud. The ending part, though, I'm going to go ahead and switch it back over to you because no one does it like you. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice, nice throwback, bro. Uh, <laughs> well, we want to thank you guys for sitting through this, and hopefully, we have introduced some of you guys to a new film and new genre, like it happened to me. Um, so that is it. With that, we're going to go ahead and sign off. JB, give me your social media so we can get the hell up out of here. Yes, sir. I can be reached on Twitter at the P1JB. That's at T H E P1JB. And you can follow me at CEO Hayes at CEO H A I Z E. You can follow us collectively at the Film Bros. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, the Film Frequency Pod at gmail.com. And if you want to join the discussion uh, in the Facebook group, make sure you, ch- you search the Film Frequency on Facebook, uh, where you can be a part of the discussion where we talk about TV, film, everything uh, in that in that group. But that's it. This has been another episode of the Film Frequency for my brother JB. We out this bitch. Jeez. Christmas movies coming up. Christmas movies, which got one a new one on Hulu that I legit has all. It, it's it's up there, bro. I love this movie. So we'll we'll be talking about that uh, next week. But we out. Peace. Thank you.